Right, we're rolling. On this podcast, we'll be talking about different areas of business and all things marketing. My name is Dave Doyle. And I'm Dave Alton. This is Social Antics, another marketing podcast. Welcome to Social Antics, another marketing podcast. My name is Dave. And I'm Dave as well. Dave, Dave that was very well. good, actually. That was good, was it? Yeah, yeah I'm fucking, I usually do, the, usually do the intro, to be fair. For a reason, I'd say. Yeah, I know, to be fair. How are you? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Enjoying the heat. It's very hot. It's very it, hot. It's abnormally humid, as the man would say. Humid. Abnormally humid. And working from home probably doesn't help the whole situation. Working well. from, well, no, I would argue that it does, actually, because I can, I've got the... The, the little balcony out the back so I can go out with my laptop and bask in the sun and my bald head can get burnt over a series of several hours of doing work so I can't work in my room my work my room is on the sun facing side of the house so it's a microwave essentially so it is inhabitable to humans between 8 o'clock in the morning and it's always inhabitable I haven't slept for four days it's uh, you know, productivity has gone down now with the heat oh no the it's not It's you can't do it like, and the results are just so not, you can't sleep as much obviously because it's too bloody warm um, and then during the day then you're constantly getting pints of water going down eating ice cream pint at lunch that type of thing <laughs> do you know what I mean so it's it's, t- it's tough it's tough to work tough like, work you know what I mean? tough work absolutely tough work Um. Yeah, interesting. There's actually, to me, like we were kind of looking at research and stuff, and there wasn't a massive amount of stuff out there. But well, coming into August, business world shuts down in August, as always. Nothing happens, no scandals, nothing interesting. No scandals. No, no scandals. I suppose what was it? This, not scandal, but I was going to say, uh, Branson went to, what did you say? He went to the moon last week, and then you have uh, his other millionaire buddy going Jeff, off this I don't week, want to ta- I don't really want to talk about it but I just think that it's really really horrible that we live in a world where billionaires are basically competing to build rockets to go to space like, I, I follow- there are other things that are more important in the world that they should be contributing to sure. rather than space exploration sure there's someone out there that would have came up with that idea already like there was so and to, be, to, to be to be fair um I was listening to uh, Scott Galloway, NYU. Um, I did an interview, it wasn't his podcast or anything, but he goes on about like space tourism is a bad investment because the majority of people that go to space don't come back because they die. Sure, just enter so, so, so the idea, Richard Branson's competition. You might win. There you go. <laughs> like the idea of win the competition to go to space. To comp- I wouldn't go. Why would I want to go? I don't want to. What's in space? Nothing really. It's only space. Do you know what I mean? It's. I saw what um, in space for? Uh, an article during the week. It was Ashton Kutcher uh, was going to buy a ticket for one of the flights or whatever it was. And he was forced to sell his ticket because it was a bad uh, family planning decision or fa- future decision for the family or something like that. Basically, there's not a good chance of coming back basically that yeah kind of yeah there isn't because you're being shot up into the sky in a fucking rocket yeah which explode like of course it's not a good idea and again like i'm saying it's not a good idea for me but again i'm not going on the rocket so if they want to go and fire themselves <laughs> up into the sky that is entirely their prerogative and if you're a billionaire and instead of spending time in the bahamas you want to be shot up into the sky in a fucking tube that is your prerogative you go and do that all i'm saying is that the world's billionaires should not be 
investing in rockets and space exploration. At least when it's... And it's all very, like, me, me, me. I'm going to space. Look at me. And it's like, what are you doing? I watched the the live... um, The Twitter live of Richard Branson going up. You know, I kind of had it on the background. I was listening to And I actually really enjoyed the idea of, you know, they actually created a whole full show. Like, they have Stephen... I think Stephen Colbert was emceeing the whole thing. Like, you know, they had... Um, your man uh, Chris Hadfield uh, the astronaut was popping in now and he presented them with their wings at the end and all this kind of stuff but then they had like some upcoming American artists from the area doing a couple of tunes and was down on the runway chatting being interviewed and all. it was like a, it was, it's it was all just, show it was very, it it's was all very spe- interesting it's yeah. all spectacle that's what it is like Like I mean if they're doing it for they're not in my lifetime in many many lifetimes after me after I'm in the ground short so to speak um, there is probably going to be a need for space exploration when the Earth burns in on itself, and that's the end of it, right? But that is not we move to Mars. That is not exactly <laughs> we move to Mars, like you know. Now, when we're just coming out of a global pandemic, ec- economic ruin in loads of different countries. Um, see what's going on still in India and stuff like that. They do not need to be investing this money. In I that think I'm watching. I followed the two of them on LinkedIn, and there's actually. Like interesting, they're putting out good content in terms of you know videos about getting ready for it and all this kind of stuff. And I'm obviously been seeing the stuff with Jeff Bezos then for the last couple of weeks, or sorry, the last couple of days, because he's the next one to go up. But it's his brother, I think, is going up with him. And what was interesting is kind of the video is basically around four people and Mark or something like that. Cowboy hats. They're all wearing cowboy hats. But while he in one of the interviews he goes. um it's interesting that this flight is going to have the richest person in the world, the oldest person in the world, the oldest person to go to the space, and the youngest person to go to space, and then me. My name is Mark. But just give me great faith in the crew that's going up. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like exactly. But um, I suppose one of the big bits of news that caught our attention this week was we've spoke about the company many, many times here over the last uh, couple of months, and that's Brewdog. Um, and James Watt, uh, Watt is the CEO they're in a bit of controversy and a bit of a bit, getting a bit of backlash spot of bother spot of bother um, look basically what happened was is they they released ads um, about seltzer and we've talked about seltzer the drinks and stuff there was a bit of controversy around it the, the ad the authorities decided to shut it down said that they can't use the ads and basically they got in a bit of backlash that wasn't that's the that was the start of the issue we'll say um basically the it was they were being claimed that it was misleading and irresponsible and james watt decided to put up a linkedin twitter as he would saying that the asa who is the uh, advertising standards authority have decided to ban our ads our, our ads um saying that his 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 post basically said that they've decided to ban our instagram advert for saying that we cannot call ourselves our health drink because we cannot call ourselves our health drink, pretty meta, and we are also not allowed to tell people it only has 90 calories, even though it has. So on the back of this, basically, old um, or previous employees of Brewdog have decided to come together. Uh, they were even wrote a letter calling it punks with purpose, which is obviously kind of a uh, troll. Tro, two uh, fingers at him. Two fingers to him yeah. because it's punk IPA and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, what was his book as well it was something wasn't it it was um oh business for punks business for punks so like um obviously definitely two good fingers book. up good book actually was it yeah um give it to my students 
<laughs> weekend reading is it? <laughs> weekend weekend reading for the students. I they, yeah they they all they, they all buy it. I don't put it up online he does illegally. That, he? he did it. He does. He, he puts it up and gives it for free every now and again. Yeah. But basically, he they are claiming that the brand now has a toxic attitude uh, that he has created or the whole company has created this kind of culture of fear within, and they're basically called out Brewdog uh, they set up a website calling it I think it's punksforpurpose.org or something like that they got a load of signatures about 100 uh, 100 or could be more um, penned a letter and Brewdog have basically had to open their eyes and say we're going to change some things and they're holding them accountable for it now <sighs> like I have so if you look at any let's call it an entrepreneurial firm. I know every firm is an entrepreneurial firm at some step, but a startup organization, the majority of the brand equity for that company is derived from the founder. Mm -hmm. Their personality is effectively the brand because they have nothing else to go by. They have no history. They have no heritage. A lot of them don't have product. And until they can start weaving that cogent narrative and create a clear brand message over a kind of a period of time ultimately the majority of the brand values attributes etc is inherently or it comes from the founder mm -hmm. you can see and he was like a sea captain and he came in and he had that very kind of um i'm taking on the world kind of fucked a lot he i'm doing things differently anti-establishment but like very very anti-establishment in comparison to what was there before like they weren't liked even in the craft beer community because of the way that they were carrying on. They almost had this kind of anti-corporate image whilst also being quite corporate themselves, yes. if that makes any sense. So, like, but ultimately, his argument, I'm sure, will be, well, yeah, but it's very hard to build a multi-million company, Without especially being... in one of the most competitive industries in the world, which is alcohol, off-trade, non-trade, without there being some sort of i'm not gonna say toxic atmosphere but it, it needs to be a tough environment that you need to work in particularly in as you go to the growth phase of that company now you can clearly see that they do invest in things like um they do invest in things sustainability, like sustainability yeah. they do stuff for their employees as well as far as as far as i'm where they've got pretty good um kind of um job pension schemes and stuff yeah. like that so like the rewards to their employees it appears to me without knowing a huge amount about it um, it stems from predominantly monetary reward and maybe the culture isn't isn't obviously what these guys would like but I would be without knowing exactly what the cultural issues are I would be very very slow to critique the culture in and of itself because I think it's very very easy if you've got how many employees do they have oh, thousands thousands yeah in every company with thousands of employees you are going to get a couple of hundred punks for purpose <laughs> who are going to cause hassle because they don't like the way something was done or whatever ultimately it's his business well what I think was interesting is obviously as you said look there's thousands of employees he is not going to be dealing at least directly with the vast majority exactly, of, yeah, these, of, course. of these uh, employees but one commenter on his post now all these posts have been took down because obviously he had to take them down he was getting so much backlash from it um, which is another question of itself should he take now depending on what it is but should he take down ads after them published the is there a point yeah, you know, no that point, kind of thing. No, no but basically one commenter on his post said although I'm a big Brewdog fan I do fear you are starting to get a case of marketing myopia your brand is getting more and more disconnected from your product 
Personally, I question why I buy Brewdog and when alternative beers are catching up. I thought it was interesting. Like, so there's kind of two things in there. It's, you know, is Brewdog becoming too big of in itself? And is James Watt kind of being more of a, a stunt puppet master almost, using the brand to leverage Are off? you comparing him to Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's another one there. So there is actually probably a few out there that have gotten to that stage where they... And then, like, is this the start of it? We don't know. Is he going to be left it out? Is there more going on in it? We don't know. But but I personally think their, their stunts, their campaigns, from a marketing point of view, are unbelievable. Oh, no, I think that if you look, if you look, so for me, if you look at any company that's going to go through a growth phase, there's a few things that you look for. So one, that they've got a kind of a, I don't like using the word inspirational, but they've got a leader who's got some sort of a vision and he can communicate that vision mm-hmm. very, very well because that allows him to raise funds. It allows him to get in more shareholders. Which it allows him to communicate. Steve Jobs. That's, exactly. That's what thing. he did. Um, you have got... Um, a differentiated product which again in the craft beer market at the time which was growing they just got onto that consumer trend as it was kind of about to explode and that you've got attention grabbing capability within your organization because there's no point in you having the best tasting beer in the world if no one knows about it yeah and in fairness to that brand it does all of those things so i be like i do think that when a brand gets to a certain stage um does the owner or, or the kind of the, the founder need to divorce themselves a little bit from that yeah I think they do but they do do a lot of stuff as well around kind of you know the, the shareholding for punks and stuff like that where they get their drinkers effectively to invest in their sustainability oh, yes. campaigns yeah, yeah. or equity equity for punks sorry is what they call it um, like the stuff that they do stands out and okay I get that they're are they becoming a bit of a parody of themselves possibly but ultimately in today's world when you're looking to grab attention in that dominant space what do you want them to do like kind of historic the, videos of the origins of craft beer no one's gonna watch you that. even think of the the one they done recently where they they, they took on aldi do you know where aldi, oh, the aldi, aldi, aldi yeah, released yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the ipa yeah. that was very similar and then they they decided basically they, they in the end they partnered up and kind yeah. of went you know with it but but i think that sort of stuff is genius but um, where I came across the article was on Marketing Week and their columnist, uh, Colin Lewis, said that he, su- he should basically adopt the, the Oprah Winfrey strategy, meaning he should publicly admit to wrongdoings and appeal for forgiveness, particularly to address the punks with purpose letter, which is much more damaging to the brand. I read so- the letter. There was nothing specific in the letter that I could see. And that's my problem with it. Is this just not a group of disgruntled employees or is there actually something systemic going on? Because I actually heard after this that they were going to get a lot more employees to sign it. Now, that would have been bad because that's forcing people, you know, that's creating a culture where you're forcing people to say, oh, no, I love working here kind of a thing, which isn't isn't good either. Do you know what I mean? And I know he came out afterwards and he said, look, we've made mistakes. We're going to work with these guys and all the rest of that. And maybe he has made mistakes and stuff like that. But like... Again, to to hammer a guy who's built a business to that extent to say he's made mistakes and that he's bringing out a book, he done LinkedIn posts on what was it the fifth the fifty the fifty worst decisions as a CEO and the fifty best. I think, I think he did ten and then the book is going to be fifty or something, something like that. Like something that. along but, those lines. But yeah. basically, yeah, he he's no problem in, and that's one thing I, I really really like about following him is he's no problem in putting up his failures successes what done it and where it comes from you know he, he's very open about all that stuff it's not just you know all about you know pushing a brand at the end of the day he's telling the backstory constantly but as you said yes the this um the 
punks for the punks with purpose group are turning their foot so they set up the website uh the the literally is a one page with a bit of text on it. it says our mission is to tackle toxic workplace culture head on by promoting positive action on the 9th of june 2021 we published an open letter on behalf of over 100 former brewdog staff members they're saying 100 themselves i'm seeing 250 somewhere else i'm seeing 60 somewhere else so we'll just say 100. the numbers <laughs> the numbers are relevant really within days of publishing we were given a commitment by brewdog that they would deal with the issues and concerns we raised it's kind of expected It'd be worse if they told them to no we're not dealing with the issues yeah, yeah. Um, now we'll be holding them account to assure they make the changes they promised and going on to what you said we're now turning our focus on the wider alcohol and hospitality industry um, and please check out our new mission and our resources for industry workers and help and then <laughs> help us by donating to the drinks trust via our just giving page so is this not so are they then saying that this is actually an industry wide problem as opposed to a brew dog because those are two very different things they are all previous brew dog employees yeah but they're saying here and now that they're tackling oh, the broader industry so it's across the board so like I mean again like there's some look again there's certain industries that are just tough to work in right um, and we know that they're tough to work because they're just tough jobs um, and I'm not saying that those people should suffer in fucking perpetuity I'm not saying that at all um, we would all like to work in really really good places with good workplace culture and so on and so forth and there's lots of companies out there who have done that quite well and they've benefited hugely from it so one example of that you've heard of uh, Dan Price yeah yeah Dan Price is the guy that so for those of you who don't know, Dan Price, he had a salary of $1.1 million. Um, he then cut his salary to seventy grand. Um, over a, and then over a period of a number of years, he basically brought in a minimum salary for all of his employees of seventy grand. Wow. And everyone in America, of course, which is where the company is based, which is Gravity Payments, was basically saying this guy is... No, they were basically saying this guy is a socialist and this isn't going to work effectively, so... Joe, why why would someone who's a secretary earn, you know, seventy grand? That's the attitude, American mm. capitalist attitude. So, what transpired then since since uh, six years later? So their revenue has tripled, <laughs> their headcount has grown by seventy percent, their customer base has doubled. Babies had by staff grew by ten x seventy percent of employees paid down debt. Homes bought by employees grew by ten x. 401k or pension contributions grew by 155% and their staff turnover um, dropped in half. So a happy old place to work. So a happy old place to work. And again, that's an example and there are plenty of examples of it of great places to work. Like we've got teamwork.com in Cork, for example. Always, people always rave about I love working there, great company mm-hmm. culture, the right level of autonomy. Well, I think in a lot of these organisations, and it's worth bearing in mind, different people are motivated by different things as intrinsic motivations and extrinsic motivations so like if i'm an employee i may be at a certain period of my life i may be entirely focused on salary 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 i'm going to work myself in the ground i'm going to climb the the hierarchy or the power hierarchy within an organization and then after a while i want to ease off then so i don't want to work life balance in my 2030s because i want to get to a certain stage in my career and that is motivating for them and therefore that's a good place for them to work other people then and we work with a lot kind of design brand type guys what these guys crave is autonomy they don't want to be every single thing is a project where they're being backed like oh you need this 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 and this and it's all very kind of rudimentary they want to actually be able to create experiences brands they want to create people that actually connects with people and giving them that level of autonomy is part of that work culture so that's not linked to monetary 
it's not it's linked to the actual way that they do work mm. as opposed to anything else so like everyone in every organization is different in terms of what their what their kind of motivations are and i just feel that there are some um workers that they go into a company and they might think the toxic the, the culture is toxic but it's toxic for them whereas for everyone else it it's actually okay because they're motivated by different things so i think it's more of a it's a more complex argument that that involves a nuance, I think. And it could only be done on a company by company and a kind of a, an employee type segment kind of a basis. The way things are nowadays, though, the question is, is this is this something that will just blow over? Do you know, is this just a blip, like, you know, that it's a bit of a scandal for the week? Nothing else being talked about. People are fed up once again. I think, it's, I think it's important that, like, because, I mean, like, he would... And obviously it wasn't the case. Always be very, very kind of pontificating. We look after our people, look after our staff. We're all in this But he's together, also the blah, type blah, of blah. person that will almost go the other side of it and will publicly talk about this every day for either that reason or he won't just hide it, if that makes sense. Do you know? Oh, no, I, no. He'll, he'll talk about it or he'll give him the two fingers up in a nice way. But again, that's part of, but then again, that's part of his brand, right? It's part of... Well, he's saying this and he's saying it for a reason. Everything is very, very deliberately gauged towards... If I say something, it's not me saying it. It's the Blue Dog brand that's going to ultimately suffer because of it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think... Look, I, I, again, I'm very, very... I'm slow to criticise... Like, it's like Steve Jobs, right? Everyone who talks about Steve Jobs goes, he's a genius, but he's an asshole. Mm. So every, every single business person who comes across Steve Jobs or knows about him or researched him or whatever always says that a ridiculously hard taskmaster and yet Apple are the most popular brand in the world despite the fact that he treated people terribly mm. so do you know there's a kind of a there's a level that people care and it's why people care about Blue Dog I do think there is a humanistic connection there with Blue Dog they do like the idea particularly when you're coming from you're transferring people's taste from your Heineken's your Budweiser's your corporate kind of beers what's um, funny is it, can you your still, mass can you still kind of class it as a craft beer uh, if there's craft beer people watching it they're going to go mad because there's actually a specific definition That's for nice. craft beer and then there's micro breweries as well yeah, and they're yeah. all different I, I don't know the difference between them um, but I from the outside it's pretty much mass produced now like oh no it is mass oh no it is mass yeah. produced like oh no 100% but I mean does that mean that it's not like it comes from the craft like IPAs and all them they're ultimately like they're ultimately from the craft family right ultimately but they are yeah but they're so widely available now like you know whereas you're probably getting your more as you said the microbreweries coming up with kind of more experimental stuff yeah but everything just becomes everything just becomes I just think they've, they've held on to such an amazing they still look like a small little company if that makes sense oh you know, no like, I don't think they do actually they, I think well, they I look think, like a massive company and they don't hide it either they're, they're but massive. it's almost like a movement they've created but that's what I'm saying yeah it's kind of they're, they're still created the small we'll say the, the word the, the small culture you know that they, yeah, yeah. they have this small fo- not small following but it feels like a small following you know and it's like you drink brew dog don't you I drink it in occasions yeah I got a pint of it the other day actually it was fascinating did you yeah I, I've yet to visit, I've yet to visit one of their the bars I haven't visited the bar in Dublin I haven't done it I spoke to um, oh we spoke to Ray last week and he said that he went and he said it's a cool cool vibe in the place yeah they're good we met Ray last weekend yeah good to see him again yeah Yeah, it was a lovely photo of us on on Instagram he did did actually I was a note full of tapas (laughs) very good Right, look, we'll I suppose we'll kind of keep an eye out and see if Anton develops on that over the next uh, couple of weeks but um, 
I, I don't see Brewdog going anywhere. From it, you know, I don't think it's going to affect him that much. No, but. I think look, it's an interesting debate. Look, I'm not a HR guy. I don't know a lot, a lot about it. Um, but I again, I'd be. I always feel these arguments are far more nuanced and complex than what the media generally give it credit for. Again, a hundred people sign something that there's a toxic culture, therefore there's automatically a toxic culture, as opposed to breaking it down in terms of, well, are these guys from a specific division? Are they a certain age group? Or were they a certain age group at a time? Um, do you know, were they, were they at the company at a certain period of time where there was a lot of growth and therefore a lot of challenges associated with that? Again, you just need to break all these things down. I mean, we all want to work in, in, in great companies with great culture, but ultimately that's that that's not always possible. Mm. Uh, following on, another uh, kind of drink-related um, bit of news was Tesco's pop to your local um, ad that no, they brought sorry, out. No. Say that again. Pop to your local. No, 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 no. Tesco. Now, Tesco's Tesco. But Tesco's ad... <laughs> oh, fuck it, it's Tesco's ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That drives me crazy. Where do you go? Where are you going? No, I know. I can't I can't spell. Um, do you say, where are you going? The Tes- ad that Tesco Te- released, where, where, right? Yeah, the Tesco released, yeah, exactly. Um, if you want me to say it properly, go on. Pop, pop to your local, uh, basically they brought it out back in May, if anyone remembers it, it was an, a simplistic ad with a uh, pint of beer and said pop to your local if you can, pubs have had it tough this year, that's why for once instead of telling us, or sorry, instead of telling you about our fantastic deals, we're using this space to ask you to support them instead and as long as you feel safe to do so, because right now every little helps. So in this was released in May and it's just come out that this was the most effective print ad in terms of public response public engagement from the ad that was released in May which I do think it was it was very clever I so this is one of the first times that we've managed to get the same news item so I'm going to go a bit further go on go so for it. if you look at the the works which is a monthly study produced by uh, Cantor Marketplace yes. this is from Marketing Week um the response from British people puts the advert in the top 2% of all ads in the UK for distinctiveness, which is a fancy word for attention grabbing, I presume, and in the top 15% for being actively engaging. Uh, the creative also evoked a feel-good factor in the top 30%. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. Um, but ultimately, no, I think, look. I think they had an interesting canter also released. They had, um, it was almost how whatever uh, digital displays they were using to display the ad they were obviously able to pick up the the results but they were able to um, track where people's eye movements went on it I, I work with a company that did that before yeah the old the, the digital out of home market and quite a complex market actually. on this one the, the, the biggest heat signature was straight to the word local actually and which you know you could argue that it was kind of in the centre point you know kind of slightly that's above the middle no, where, I, I, no, but that's what people's eyes were drawn towards it was local and the next biggest part was obviously the big Tesco logo at the bottom. But it was interesting to see when you can see, you know, kind of random points where eyes were going while they're looking at the ad. But I think that was a very clever way to kind of judge how success, you know, what, what people were, people, how they read the ad. No, that is interesting. Again, when I worked in the digital home a company called uh, Four Impact, so we worked on, we had a number of those um, digital totems, which would be in kind of Dundrum and all these kind of places. And, um, and again, a lot of the, the challenges that we actually had, because we didn't want to just identify where are people looking, you also want to identify are they male, female, what age demographic mm. is. So there was facial recognition built into the technology as well. Very, very complicated because even, you know, if you take, if you, let's say, take a girl, a boy, 
put baseball hats on yes. both of them and you're just looking at the face um, if they're between the ages of kind of we say 16, 25 depending on the way the camera picks it up you can't tell the difference yeah, or it yeah. distorts it so it's very very um, very very interesting technology actually but um, but going back to the ad I think again this all comes back to base level attention grabbing ultimately how are we when the pubs are reopening when everyone and again British people Irish people we love the pub really really love the pub I love the pub <laughs> um, but ultimately it puts um, how are you going to grab attention within an environment whereby everyone is just talking about the pub I think and you do something which no one does which is that they back their competitor and, and Burger King are very good at doing this but, as well, actually. but I they think even before before the, the, the text is added and stuff like that the actual ad itself which was literally just a big point is not something you'd see in Tesco so that alone was attention it's grabbing. also very very aesthetically unpleasing it's, which I thought which I, looking, which I thought yeah. suits Tesco perfectly yeah. for something like this it, looks it just like kind of sta- it stands <laughs> out but it's almost like like you would never put blue on yellow yeah unless you're Baca Juniors like you just wouldn't do that so therefore like it, it just stands out so yeah. much looked, when you're walking it looked past, like a yeah. cheapy put together ad but oh, yeah. it worked and it will it's one of those things as well that as well as it being an ad in and of itself it's always going to generate PR on top of that oh 100% so, and generate content on our um, discussion online I think it was the simplistic though it wasn't over thought it wasn't over was it produced or designed you know um, there wasn't a massive amount of imagery and it was just the point the text the logo done very very simple uh, and using the right words as we said so they obviously pushing it back to themselves in terms of the every little helps you know that kind of it goes with their with their um mantra and then obviously um you know as you said you know pushing it to a competitor is totally not it shouldn't be in the rule book you know that kind of no thing. no i do also i would also say though to be fair with a lot of these brands is are they going to get a single no is it going to create Tesco, and, no like, yeah. like it's one of those that it's just about maintaining brand kind of awareness and mm-hmm. one which is what a lot of these brands do um, an exciting pop up for you? Uh, no, uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, move on. But um, uh, so we have been quite strong advocates of social media platforms being boring and they're all copying each other and it's all gonna it's a mess basically in terms of the innovativeness or lack of innovativeness in that particular um, in that particular industry. So um, we're saying goodbye to fleets on Twitter. They're getting rid of them. Yeah, Guess the, why? Uh, the disappearing tweets. The disappearing yeah. tweets because nobody fucking used them. Yeah. And that's no surprise. You know why? Because if you want to take a photo of something and it disappears, you're going to use Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> it's like, oh, so, Jesus Christ. So no there's millions down the drain. No one saw that coming. Like, ah, it's, it's like, it, it always, it's incredible that between all the platforms, all the innovation that goes on in that, in Silicon Valley, all they're doing is copying each other and we're seeing it now people are cutting um cutting parts of their product and even i like the i don't even know what what are they called the it's not facebook stories but what's the what's the what's the equivalent of instagram stories on facebook what's that called again stories so it's just called stories as well is that i thought there was another name for it no maybe stories okay so we call it stories they're literally just kind of no stories across all no platform. one is using them at all from the latest data that's come out like so like there's all these features being added into these mm. products no one is using them and it's just bleeding everything out over you know over nothingness like you know yeah um, so all I want to say is cop on Twitter <laughs> do something fun and interesting do what we said last week one, po- one post yeah I was, thinking, I was thinking about that again during the week and I, I do think that would be 
a serious platform. One post a day. If you can vaccinate an entire nation and send people out a digital certificate, you can certify everyone <laughs> on Twitter easily. No problem whatsoever. Yeah, you I cannot go on Twitter unless you post them your, your digital cert to say that you're vaccinated. Because well, that'll mean Gemma O'Darty can't right. fucking go on Twitter either. I'll give you a better one. Than, <laughs> that'd be the day. I'll give you a better one than that now is the Irish, the Irish government did do something similar to what you're saying. Don't you the Irish guide dogs. No, the Irish government. Um, they decided to team up with um, Tinder and Hinge and Plenty of Fish and a few others. The dating apps. The dating apps. And they've launched... Um, well, a not a dating app, really. Some what? of them aren't. Wait, what are they doing? Well, some of them are just fucking... Want to bang Sorry, you're always saying that? Yeah, it's basically. That's what Tinder is like, I presume. So they basically they, they brought out this campaign called For Us All where they are encouraging users to support and receive their COVID vaccine uh, when it's offered to them and start basically using these platforms to showcase that I've been vaccinated. I am vaccinated. I am vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? Yeah. We're both vaccinated so we can both have vaccinated, right. vaccinated <laughs> sex together. Um, oh, that's tragic. Anyway. But, but yeah, so basically, that, but what was worse is, so if you if you do um get involved that they are going to give you uh, incentives basically so it was like super likes on one of the platforms it was a boosted profile for 24 hours or something on another platform yeah, so super likes, all yeah, these yeah. all these kind of uh, uh little incentives so like um yeah, boosting features for irish users who want to show their support for the vaccine so I, 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 I think it was a stupid move I, I don't see the benefit it's, at all, it's, really. the, it's the it's the american model get a vaccine you get a pizza or a donut or something that's what a lot of the Americans yeah, are doing like, badge, like. <laughs> you're fucking ridiculous like just get your vaccine because it'll stop you from dying and it'll stop yeah. you killing other people you don't need a fucking donut or a pizza like do you know but basically it's gonna it's also gonna bring in like the search features so like you'll be matched with or you can search for people that have been vaccinated and everything I just like even saying it to be fair to be fair it cuts down your options if if you want to filter you know just the kind of the right kind of the crazies over here like you know if you want to block people out it's not exactly over there exactly like you know what I mean get in the box obviously now look to be fair obviously there are some people who are not getting vaccinated who are not completely crazy for a variety of different reasons but if you are just looking for a date and you don't want that date to involve a conversation about why you aren't getting vaccined, va- vaccined, vaccined, vaccinated, that's a good way to not have that conversation because I can think of nothing more tragic than if you were a single Pringle and you go on to <laughs> Tinder and the first date that you have, you so end weird. up talking about why someone isn't getting the vaccine. New, that's a, new, a terrible date. New form date. of uh, catfishing. <laughs> that date is ending in you on a cab by yourself and by choice. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So look, I, I think it was a terrible idea. Hinge anyway, is very clever. Their branding is very clever, actually. I, I very, what very clever. It, what is it Hinge's of? branding is um, the app designed to be deleted, mm. which is very clever because the idea of a dating app is that you find someone, and either you fall in love and have the babies, or the condom breaks and you have the babies and you're still stuck with them. But ultimately, it's the idea that it's actually a dating app for relationships as opposed to Tinder, which is hookups. Okay. Which is very clever. There's a, one of the one of the lads inside did uh, did research on it in terms of segmenting the market. Like, all dating apps are not created equal. Different people will use different yes. dating apps for different things. So that's why there's so many in the market. They're not all built the same. Isn't it... Um, uh, 
that's the comparison of um, is that the guy Kawasaki yeah thing guy Kawasaki yeah, yeah. eHarmony versus Tinder yeah. or whatever wasn't it t- t- yeah. t- Tinder is swipe left or right and eHarmony is building your profile, building your profile and all yeah. this kind of stuff yeah. yeah yeah everything is built on Tinder on, on your picture and your three or four words that you have in no yeah absolutely right. no absolutely no it's, it, it's actually we can, we, can, we can have a conversation about that actually we're not we prepared for it today but we'll do no, it the next no, day no. we'll do our homework dating apps Bumble is a very very interesting if one if there's there, anyone actually. out there an expert on dating apps you can join us next week is anyone, yeah. um, so talking about apps uh, TikTok oh, we've talked about TikTok apps. plenty of times but TikTok hit 3 billion downloads uh, in the last week and the app go Chinese the, go, go fellas <laughs> fairness to them no. Um, the app has now been installed more than 3 billion times making it the 5th non-game app to do so and the other 4 apps that have achieved these 3 billion installs are Whatsapp, Messenger, Facebook and Instagram and what have they all got in common? They're all owned by Facebook yep, so no it's the first app out, non-gaming app outside of the Facebook um, empire that has been downloaded 3 billion times Incredibly impressive, love TikTok yeah. Always said it in terms of a platform for Every next gen of social media create for me the ones that make it are the obviously the people who use it right. There's a load of kind of um, guys who go on and I'm one of them. I go on and create content right. I go on and see other people's content. But ultimately, for a social network to thrive, you need a lot of people creating content, and that means understanding the creators, and I suppose giving. Giving the creators a cr- or creating an environment where the creators can basically produce content which other people are going to are going to are going to enjoy and TikTok are the masters at that. It's it's simple. It's a combination of a variety of different things. You're not following people. You're following trends, which I think is very very interesting. And it's all done automatically. Um. So no, I think it's I th- I still think it's one of the best. It's it's the best platform out there at the moment. I would take it over all the others except probably Twitter. Controversy. It's not really controversial. There's only so much TikTok you can watch. Like, yeah, I know. I as I like, well, I was a couple of weeks ago. I was saying not not using it, and now I'm wasting half an hour of my day every day. Half an hour, about five hours of my day. It's yeah, see, yeah, but you you have a decent you have a job. You have a decent job. You can sit back and do that. Like you know, it gives you time to do it. I was I was going to say public sector job. I do. No, I said no. Um, but basically, we've talked a few couple of times around the whole area of um, e-commerce or, or uh, monetizing the platform, and the global spending for TikTok has now passed two point five billion, and there's only six other non we'll say non game apps because they're really in a kind of a, a league of their own. The non game apps, but they've accrued there's only sixteen non game apps have accrued more than one billion in gross revenue uh, since two thousand fourteen, and some of those are Tinder, Netflix, YouTube. Um, so like there is obviously a lot of money passing through this app now yeah um, and it's only going to get again I think they're doing they're, they're trying to be clever so I, we've been saying it now for a while um, don't kill it with ads basically right there's a few of them start, just things oh no there's I know they're starting they're starting but in fairness and they're trying to do it a little bit differently so I think TikTok every time I off. open TikTok now there's an ad given to me for AIB usually for me anyway I'll think about it next time. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, but the um, it doesn't grab my attention. <laughs> you <laughs> use you use TikTok for a couple of your brands, don't you? Yeah. Ads. Yeah. They we, work. Um, we've done a couple of uh, you know, basically sponsored posts and stuff, and yeah, it gets huge traction. Yeah. Huge, yeah. Huge. But like, is it converting into sales? No, not really. But is it good for brand awareness? Yes. Yeah, like, but to, yeah, but to be fair, what you're selling, quite you're, high you're end using it as items. well, right? 
I am, but for brand building purposes. Yeah. Um, but I think we are getting sales out of it. Okay. Yeah. But I can't track it because it's not an e-commerce That's company. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway. But ultimately, but going back to what we were saying previously is the... Um, so TikTok have brought out a thing called um, TikTok Spark. Sparks, I think it's called. I may have gotten that wrong, but something like that. And basically, it's a new way of doing things, which I think is... It's kind of in line... Do you remember when we predict things and we get things wrong? Which is usually what happens. Not but then often. sometimes we often. get it right. This is kind of getting... It's getting towards what we predicted would happen. <laughs> and I think it was me, it wasn't you. Oh, of course, but anyway, of course, but yeah. Basically, what they're allowing people, brands to do is... It's when they don't want to create their own content, but they want to leverage off of other people's content. So what they're basically doing is it allows you to search for certain visual cues or things that people have in the text or whatever the case may be. So if someone is doing a dancing video, they have a Nike jumper, Nike can go in, they can take that content and boost that content. On your platform. On, 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 it's your page. Yeah. And they're basically taking that content and boosting it. It's still your page. So it's kind of almost this hidden influencer type scenario where they're just giving your content a bit of a kick you get the kickback because they're paying for you to get more views and you then monetize off of tiktok and then they make their money then because you're generating you're you're basically leveraging other people's content and you're getting that out to more people and it's very clever um someone said it's a very very lazy no, a lazy form of marketing but it's very well it isn't it isn't i think it's quite creative that you know you're going to pick really good content and put it out but content you've never created and it's a little bit more real we'll say but wouldn't you have some heart attack if you would know inclination of becoming we'll say an influencer or having a platform and next thing like decided to promote one of your videos but that's what it is apparently so how it works i'm not entirely sure no one just the details are very sketchy but basically you can go on you can see the content then you to the automated functionality are basically able to message this person we want to boost your content are you happy them to boost your content yes they can't just boost your content it hasn't been some, some yeah exactly but that's what but you can imagine like I'd imagine like if you if you were again Nike and you want to just boost up or run a campaign um, and you wanted to boost that campaign based on similar type content based on a trend or something like that it's an easy way to do it it's a very easy way to do when it when this starts taking off and word starts spreading now you're going to see every feckin shuffle dance video Nike. with a Nike, Nike yeah blatantly in your face yeah yeah absolutely 100% mm. but uh, again that's the important like we, we mentioned last week the idea of the um the ads that look at your music preferences oh, and do the, that the matching stuff yeah very stuff. similar here being able to actually not just look at keywords or searches that be able to look at images um, in terms of where you are in terms of whatever um, logos that you're wearing and actually being able to pinpoint that again the the, the word it, it could become exciting again advertising I've always said it, advertising has become very very boring recently um, basically Facebook Instagram search that's basically what you have we thought voice would do something for a while it's a bit nah. um, whereas um, with the way that TikTok are going I think they know we can if, if we with Gen Z audience in particular if they throw ads at this it'll kill it it'll and kill I think it, they know that if these if these new features don't kick off it's not going to work for them either in terms yeah, yeah. of like is there actually going to be click-throughs is there going to be conversions out of it but is but so okay so here's an argument now right we as it's marketers now don't 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 make it uh, what? Too much, don't make it's it too much it's it's half 11 <laughs> on a wednesday evening 
Um, it, yeah, it's a late, late session. But the um, but no. So if you take um, marketers now, right? And we all say marketing is a blend of art and science. So it's science, your analytics, your conversions, blah, blah blah, and your art is your content, attention, all the rest of brand building. We are now so focused as marketers on understanding the conversion rate, understanding the clicks, all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying it's not important. It's very, very important, particularly for the way that the ad platforms are set up on Facebook, Instagram, and so on and so forth. However, is there not a logic that not all digital communications have to be focused on clicks, conversions and it should need to be focused I, on brand building I, I would agree I don't think it should be always focused on and obviously it, look it depends on your business and what kind of content you're putting out but I still think social is meant to be social I do think there has to be that element of brand building engagement building relationship that's what it's there for but the, no but this is my point so then if you're in the CMO role are we getting to um, is there a kind of a breaking point here whereby in the same way that people stopped using radio because they couldn't bloody measure you know, how many people were exactly all the rest yeah. of it. Do you get to a stage with digital whereby it's no longer about all your conversion rates and all the rest of it. It's actually purely about your brand building and we're actually going to forget all this stuff because it's just about the content and TikTok might force marketers to do that because they're not going to have as much e-commerce capability built into them. I, I think it's both I think if you like look the other platforms are not really going to go away so they, they might I don't think they, they might Mark Zuckerberg might take Facebook to fucking space and not come back <laughs> no signal no, <laughs> no 5G signal, no signal no 5G up there unless he's got his vaccine of course Um, I think you, once these platforms are as long as these platforms are around yes there's need for both your organic brand building kind of content as we just said and the digital um digital advertising but as you said yes tiktok is going to force people to create more uh creative authentic natural kind of content you know that's not really you love that word don't you yeah authentic, really. natural i'm trying humanist, to one. humanistic you can teach me a couple of better ones yeah. um <laughs> but i think that if if marketers don't see the return on it like I don't see a big return on it. Like unless you're in that kind of fashion yeah, space. Yeah, but brand building takes years. That's it my does. point. Whereas everything that we're where everything now at the moment is quick returns on investment. Do you know what I mean? And there's no, there's I think anyway no appreciate or not no appreciation, but there's limited appreciation anymore for that. The interpretation piece, that decision making process that consumers go through, where brand building is a crucial important part of that. They might, they might be watching your videos sporadically for six months and all of a sudden they become a customer after that. You are, you are not going to be able to track that they watched that first video no. six months ago. Now, I know there's attribution models and second, third, I know that, but realistically, no. Um, so when you're getting into that level, a lot of people forget about that, particularly because they just look at what's our conversion rate, how many sessions are we getting, all that kind of stuff. Now, I know that's particularly true for e-commerce brands. Um, but again, there is a lot of, I think there's a lot of logic in going back to looking at the creative more than than just looking at the, the analytics side of things. Because that's your differentiation. Because everyone has access to every tool at the moment. True, true. Yeah, no, the creative is definitely. And I think that's where you're, like a lot, of, a lot of businesses are going to have to look at platforms like TikTok. Is it worth getting onto it? I don't think it's worth for every brand to get onto it. I don't think oh, I don't know. No, I but get I onto it now, but try it. Try it. I think try it. 
but I don't think it's worth every brand being on there and because it does take a lot of time to build content for that platform. Oh, it does. Um, probably a lot more so than the other ones, like, you know, especially as we talked about, thankfully, our Twitter got rid of their whole... Uh, fleets you no know, the picture crop thing like so now you don't have to create specific content oh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, you can yeah, kind yeah. of work somewhat across them but I think if you are on TikTok it does take a lot of time and I think you need to have someone that's kind of dedicated otherwise you're going to have a page that's sitting there doing nothing and to me that's more damaging yeah, but you know, no, there's, there's nothing worse than going onto someone's social page as a business or a brand. You know that that business are busy or active or whatever it is. No, I understand. And and I know. Look at all of it. it is all about resources, and I get that. But at the same time, there is a logic in whilst the platform isn't completely saturated with brands because brands are still trying to work out how the hell do we use this goddamn yes. thing. There's a logic in building up your audience now before the whole place gets saturated, and the risk of trying to build that audience but what's the goal the of building it up what is the benefit of building it up what what is the actual benefit of getting on it now and building it up if it's not going to lead to anything and the, but the but you don't but you don't know it's going to lead to anything but that's, that's my chance, point but no but the point is that if you if you don't do it and then there's a big audience on it for your brand for your brand but you haven't been building that audience up over time you've lost your opportunity because the platform is saturated and you cannot build that audience up again it's like saying to a startup business now build up an audience on Facebook it's borderline impossible yes. coming from or like organic or it's it's impossible so therefore if you get onto these platforms early then you have the opportunity to build up that brand or the build up that whatever you want to call it following or whatever and then you may not get the benefit of that for a year but the I suppose the, doing a cost benefit analysis of it is it going to cost you a lot of money in terms of resources to get that content up it is but if you don't do it, you miss out that all your competitors or a lot, some of your competitors are going to overtake you because mm-hmm. this is now the place to be and you missed out on it. Like we we were at a talk a number of, I said about three years ago now at this stage and I remember it came up at the talk, go on, do TikTok. And everyone was like, Eric, it's, not, it's only in China and America, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if they started building that content then, they could have a massive audience now. Yes. Whereas if they only started now, it's going to take them God knows how much longer to build that on because it's already becoming saturated. Mm. You're building your profile on TikTok. Oh, my bollocks! And well, no, I have a, <laughs> I have a profile, all right, but I don't. Uh, I I'm not building up. But we should have a social antics TikTok. I get you to try and do the fucking social we have now enough. That's a chore enough as it is. So I know, ah, but we could, we could, we could, um, we could. What's the word? The 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 kids use we could explode on TikTok. <laughs> Because all the Gen Z wants to hear about marketing and all that kind of stuff. And about the government and the Tinder and everything. Yeah. About, the go- about the government and the Tinder. Uh, perfect. Anything else exciting there before we wrap it up? Um, so we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Netflix were kind of diversifying their strategy a small bit. And they were getting into the gaming the sector. Gaming, yeah, um, right. So Netflix last Wednesday, I believe it was, maybe two Wednesdays ago now at this point, have hired a former Facebook executive to lead its video game unit as it ramped up its efforts to grow beyond its traditional streaming business. Uh, The streaming giant hired uh, Mike Verdu, uh, who was most recently a Facebook vice president of game development, and he will report to Chief Operating Officer Greg Peters. Um, it's just a little bit about Mr. Verdu. He founded his own defense software company at the age of 20 and sold it before shifting uh, his team into video games in 1990. And he has been there ever since, working with Atari, Electronic Arts, uh, Cabam, and other developers and overseeing games such as Lord of the Rings. So he is mm. a pretty 
big shot in this particular See, so when you said case. Lord of the Rings now you were saying you said there a minute ago about the Facebook uh, he was in charge of Facebook gaming or whatever like all that was going through my head there was the what was the, the farm and game Farmville was, Farmville yeah that was oh, all yeah. going through my head that there. Was about and then, and then you dropped in Lord of the Rings <laughs> to be fair there was a couple of those some of those games when they came the mobile games and they started coming were absolutely incredible I remember spending hours playing I didn't touch it you serious did you ever play Jungle did you ever play Jungle Run no Jungle Run was in hours were burned on Jungle Run Flappy Bird did you ever play Flappy Bird no I never Flappy Bird you never played Flappy Bird Angry Bird Angry Bird that was a that was a bit too bit too too modern bit too polished Um, I enjoyed Angry Birds actually. Are you all about Temple Run, not Jungle Run? Oh, Temple Run, that, yeah, yeah, Temple yeah, Run. Yeah, I played that jung- one. What's Jungle Run? I don't know, jungle that's Run, really something else. Yeah. Better Google that now yeah. before we put up the episode just in case <laughs> it's something else. Um, but the uh, but no, so they're hiding this guy. Now, interestingly, a lot of commentators are kind of saying that they should not do this. They think it's a terrible idea. I get the logic in it. They're trying to, dis- they're trying to do Disney on it where you've got multiple different portfolios of different types of products and then other people will use your products and they can build they can integrate the AI, VR and so on, or sorry, augmented reality, virtual reality into some of their shows and so on and so forth. So I get the logic there. A lot of critics though have kind of said that they don't make games. Why are you making games? Mm. And you are going to have to burn a massive amount of revenue and invest a huge amount of CapEx into getting your business to a level where you can compete with your Sonys yeah, and so on and so forth in, in competing yeah. with all them. So like... I get the logic of it. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't get. It. I don't see why they're even touching it. They're good at what they do. Stick to it. Because the problem they have at the moment is that Prime and Disney are starting to really chew away. Really start chew away and chew away at their market share. But it's impossible. Netflix can't compete with Prime because of the revenue, the or the the. The, back the spending that power have, that, yeah. uh, that Amazon have they can't compete with Disney because Disney have your parks and they've got the lineage as well in terms of their original content so no matter what Netflix do they're, they, as a streaming product Netflix is superior to all of them as far as I'm concerned it blows the rest of them out of the water I'm starting to enjoy I think we even said this last Disney. week I'm starting to enjoy Disney Plus but their more. AI is poor though um, no it is yeah the the the, the suggestive for you and the algorithm stuff on Netflix is a lot better oh, it's um, I don't really use Amazon so I can't really comment on that but but I, I, I just this whole idea of going into gaming I think I just think what's the point I think they were doing amazing when they started bringing out their own Netflix content they um, haven't been able to do that this year because of Covid they haven't done a mass they've done a few bits there alright yeah but, um, but no I think I think they need to they need to stick at what they're good at yeah Um. I think so. One thing that they are actually going to get into now as well is podcasts, which is interesting. As in hosting podcasts. Yes, which is interesting. Jeez, let's get on that. Netflix. Yeah, we nice could say we're on Netflix. We could do. We're on Netflix. Oh, that's fucking tragic. <laughs> I think. Uh, look, that that's not a bad move. Once again, it's a streaming platform. You're listening to podcasts on it, but I think where I'd like to see that side of things go is the same as what we talked about before. But Spotify is someone like Joe Rogan or something. They're hosting the visual of it as well. It's oh, not but, just. But I that, think it has to be. That's what'll happen. It's yeah. it's added. But then it's added the thing value is, content. Does it become like is that moving away from podcast? Then in terms of it's not just audio; it's the visual as well. Oh yeah, fine, but it could be either or. Like I mean, you can listen to something like Joe. You don't need to watch it. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's like it's like what we said last week. Spotify now is video. Like do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's all going that particular way. But I think it's where they will have the advantage where Spotify don't and Apple don't really have it either. Is that if you watch House of Cards 
on Netflix and you watch the episode and then of course nowadays people aren't happy with just the episode they have to go and watch the behind the scenes the yes. interviews with the actors and the one that's really really taken off in the last 10 years is fans talking about the episodes making predictions all that type mm-hmm. of stuff so instead of people watching the show on Netflix and then fecking off over to YouTube yeah. to find something they can keep them on that platform yes. which is yeah. where I think this this idea is kind of coming from yeah yeah um yeah, I just think they should stay away from the app. Anyway, I think that's kind of everything we have for this week. So uh, thanks again for listening. You can follow us on all the social platforms and we'll be back again next week. If we go to McDonald's, I'm starving. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Take Be care. Starving.